What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Uh, Harmonic Whiskey Tales, our nice little Formula One special weekend. So we've got the first of two uh, Formula One races at Silverstone. So it's a back-to-back weekends. Uh, This first one... um, it's nicely poised, I'd say. Um, hang on, I'll get a bit of a tea sip. Oh, delicious it is too, first of the day. Um, so yeah, Silverstone. So this this is the um, first one. And um, a few things to talk about just before we get into the actual qualifying session, which is a pretty good one, actually. There's quite a lot going on. So um, we've had a uh, Sergio Perez who races for Racing Point had a positive test for COVID so he's asymptomatic apparently so it's nothing too serious for himself but he has to isolate for the next two weeks which means he's going to miss this weekend and next weekend so that's a real shame for him I think he's a bit down about the whole thing so and what's worse is he has to I mean he's at the track in his motorhome um, and he's got to stay in there for I think it's like 10 days and then you can leave there and go into an apartment for the remaining uh, time. So it kind of sucks for him, but uh, obviously for Racing Point, it proved a bit of a headache for them. They had to find a reserve driver and I don't think they technically have, they do have two reserve drivers in Stoffel van Dorn and Esteban Gutierrez. Stoffel van Dorn currently races in the Formula E and he's in a pretty strong position in the championship, so he couldn't really um, forfeit his race weekend to come and do the Formula One race. So, um, excuse me, I just burped. So, bit of a shame. Um, I guess I don't know. I wonder whether he'd have wanted to, would have wanted to do it had he had the chance to, because that car's pretty good at the moment. So, anyway. And Racing Point didn't want to go with Esteban Gutierrez. They wanted someone with a bit more experience. So they went with Nico Hulkenberg, who was driving for Renault as of last year. But obviously he's been out of the car, I think it's about seven months. So it was literally, he was sitting in his his apartment in Monaco a day and a half ago. And now he's driving around um, Silverstone, pulling six Gs <laughs> around the corners, which is a bit brutal for himself on his body because obviously when you're a Formula 1 driver you have to train your neck a lot specifically that and a lot of other things but the neck strength is a massive thing because of just the g-forces you get put through so he's yeah he's going to be in a lot of pain after this weekend and then he's going to be racing next weekend as well uh to cover that other weekend that um Sergio Perez won't be available so you will see how he, his body holds up to it um but he's done all right actually considering um he's not done too bad so um that's a yeah, pretty good result for him from uh only being in the car for about a day and a half so because there's so much to do like you've got to fit the guy into the car which is set up for someone else so you've got to get a seat made and all this all this crazy stuff you've got to do and um you know adjusting where the pedal positions are all this kind of stuff so yeah well done to Racing Point for actually managing to logistically get it sorted out. So um, they've done pretty well. A few little hiccups along the way, but I think they've done pretty well. So hopefully um, the car will do well with him in the race. And I think by next weekend, he'll be a bit more on the pace as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes next weekend. So, ah, delicious tea. So let's just, um, what else has gone on? Um, 
I'm not sure what else has happened. There's still rumours swelling around of Sebastian Vettel going to Racing Point next year, which will become Aston Martin. Uh, but nothing's concrete on that yet. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then what else has been going on? That's kind of it, really. Uh, obviously, you've got um, Hamilton still hasn't really signed for next year for Mercedes, but it's pretty much. I mean, same with Toto Wolff. He's in the same position as well. So they both need to kind of confirm their contracts for the next few years. But Hamilton came out and said this week that he wants to race in Formula One for at least another three years, I guess, as of next year. So, um, which is cool. So, yeah. Anyway, let's just talk you through the results from qualifying and then we will um, go from there. So, uh, in 20th, Nicholas Latifi for Williams um, had a bit of a tricky qualifying session, but um, he's getting roundly beaten by George Russell. Um, you've got Roman Grosjean 19th for Haas. You've got Kimi Raikkonen 18th for Alfa Romeo. Antonio Giovinazzi 17th for Alfa Romeo as well. They're really struggling still. Just the balance of the car just looks awful. Um, you've got Kevin Magnussen for Haas in P16. George Russell 15th for Williams. Now, I think he's been given a grid penalty because of not slowing under yellow flags, which ironically was his teammate that spun the car. Um, so a little double whammy from Williams there. So I think he goes back five places. So he's going to be starting 19th, I think. Um which kind of sucks for him, but anyway, never mind. Um, so yeah, 14th, you've got Daniel Kvyat. 13th, Nico Hulkenberg for Racing Point. So an okay job by him, but I think he's a bit disappointed he didn't make it through. I mean, he was only just off getting through by not very much. So um, the the midfield is so close that it it's just, you know, one tiny mistake and that's it. So um, 12th was Alex Albon for Red Bull. He's had a really difficult weekend. Um the car has been difficult to get it set up right and it's been challenging to drive from the look of it and he struggled with it. He had a he had an off yesterday, he put it into the barrier um, and it was an off that wasn't anything to do with him. It was just the car just let go on him. So you can't really blame him for that, I don't think. Uh, and then they got the car rebuilt and then they had an issue with some part of the car, like the... Um, something to do with the curve system, I think, which is like the energy recovery system. So they had to replace that. So it's uh, just a snowball weekend for him. So and Silverstone, really, the the time you get on the track is so important because it builds your confidence, and because it's such a high speed circuit that you have to have confidence that the car is going to stick and actually not, you know, you're not going to lose that rear end. So. He, I don't know, maybe that's what happened there. So it's a real shame for him. He's, I mean, he's not too far off the top 10 and he gets a choice of tyres. So he's going to be in a better position than probably, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten in terms of tyres potentially. So, you know, he can make something of tomorrow, I think. Uh, Pierre Gasly, 11th, he did really well. Again, he's driving that car really well, outperforming Kvyat quite regularly. Um, he's doing really well considering he's had a really hard few years I think he's he's a real standout driver this season at the moment for me and no one's really talking about him too much actually but he's he's just quietly kind of doing his job and getting that Alfa Tauri uh, Honda in a pretty good position so yeah well done to him and he's in the best position if you're not in the top 10 he's you know P11 choice of tyres for when he starts so yeah pretty good 
Um, Sebastian Vettel P10. He actually did qualify higher than that, but then he went off on one of the corners where they have this like track limits. So if you go beyond that, you get your lap times automatically taken away from you so it's something they're really cracking down on this year which is really good um but he kind of came foul of that unfortunately so he got his faster lap time deleted where, where that happened so um so he's only p10 uh which is a bit of a shame for him that, that, that he's having issues all weekend with the car like they even things like the pedals have been loose and all this stuff so i don't know what's going on with ferrari at the moment honestly it just it kind of it's, it's either just one of those things and it just happens sometimes or ferrari have just not focusing on Vettel at all and they're just putting everything into Leclerc this year um which would be kind of shit but to be honest it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Ferrari really they're just so badly organized and just they're running the team so badly that yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing that I mean I don't know it's who knows anyway um P9 Esteban Ocon for Renault he's been doing well uh getting up to speed this year. So uh, Daniel Ricciardo's P8 just ahead of him. So not much in it between them, like two temps. So they're, they're kind of pushing each other along, which is kind of what Renault wants. So that's good for them. Uh, you've got Carlos Sainz P7. He's, yeah, did good, good session. Um, just got pipped by Lance Stroll in P6 by, you know, barely anything. So that's a really close run for them. And then just ahead of them in P5 was Lando Norris. So just pipped his teammate by two temps and Lance Stroll by a temp, which to be fair is a really good result for McLaren to be competing against Racing Point, which is kind of seen as this, you know, Mercedes from last year, essentially. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, McLaren are just getting stronger and stronger this year. They're going to be a real force to be reckoned with uh, next year honestly I mean they get this year they're they're looking really good next year once they get a Mercedes engine they're going to be um yeah they're going to be good especially with the p partnership of Norris and Ricardo. I think that's going to be a really good thing for the team I mean it, to be honest Science and Norris are a great team anyway like they, they work really well together but Ricardo and Norris are quite good friends so it's yeah that should be good um they'll push each other for sure so uh, and then, yes, that's P5, Lando Norris, and then P4, Charles Leclerc, probably the lap of the day, almost, to get that Ferrari that high up. I mean, he probably should have been down in maybe 7th or 8th, which is probably where Vettel did qualify, despite, you know, after getting his lap disqualified. Um, yeah, really impressive lap from him. That, that Ferrari's been very, very unstable it's like literally on a knife edge it, it's so it's um maybe because charles is a little bit longer than younger than her vettel he's willing to take more risks or something i don't know but um but yeah great lap from him i mean he's really he's doing that thing where he's driving the car quicker than it probably should be able to go like he's he's pushing the limits of it so um and then the same for max verstappen in p3 he's he's really pushing that car um really well so um but a tenth only a tenth quicker than than leclerc and the ferrari but still um very impressive so yeah yeah so that's leclerc and then verstappen p3 uh then we've got the mercedes just way out in front by almost a second <laughs> which is just insane um and it was it was a weird one actually because all weekend in the practice sessions hamilton's been really struggling and bottas has had him by three to four tenths of a second around the lap um and Hamilton's been struggling with setup and all this stuff. But, you know, come of the hour, come of the man. He just put it on pole by 
a quite considerable amount to Bottas in the end. Like he got him the first time round they went um, in Q3, he was about three tenths quicker ish, I'd say. Um, roughly speaking, four tenths quicker than Bottas. Um, suddenly, and, and actually, to be fair, in Q2, Hamilton spun the car and didn't get a lap time in until right at the last minute of Q2. So, um, well, not quite the last minute, but almost. Um, so he was really struggling. And then in that Q3, he just nailed it and put in a new lap record of 1 minute 24.3, just destroyed. You know, that's a second quicker than Max Verstappen in P3 in the Red Bull, which is just insane. Uh, and then Bottas P2 with a 124.6. So three-tenths of a second quicker than... Uh, well, Hamilton was three-tenths of a second quicker than Bottas in that sense. So that's a pretty big amount between those two cars, kind of. I mean, when you think about it, it's not really that much. But in Formula 1, it is quite a lot. So it's, um, which seems crazy to say it, really, isn't it? Just that fraction of a second. But anyway, and it, it, you're seen as being that much inferior. But I don't know, it's Formula 1 for you, I suppose. Such is the level of, that this sport is uh, running at. I mean, it's just insane. But yeah, the, the, a second gap. That's huge. I mean, that's uh, that's got everyone else very worried. I mean, it's um, I mean, it's a very high speed circuit. It was very reliant on downforce, but it's um, yeah, still. So yeah, generally pretty good qualifying session. I mean, uh, a few things happened. So Latifi spinning in the Mercedes Williams Mercedes. He yeah, but it was his fault. He just put the throttle on too quick, spun the car, and then ruined Russell's lap, which then in turn gave Russell a penalty which meant that the the five places russell qualified higher than latifi it's now one place higher it's just uh yeah that's when a team kind of shoots itself in the foot there so and i mean russell i guess could have lifted and he did lift kind of but i don't think he lifted enough so it's uh one of those things bit annoying for him because i mean he was you know 15th for, for them i mean that's really good it's just such a shame <sighs> Because, I mean, they're not the quickest in race pace. So, I mean, he probably would have ended up in 19th anyway, which is kind of depressing for him. But it's still um, a bit of a shame. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I was Williams, maybe you put the cars on the hard tyre and try and go long and see if you can jump up a few places like that. I mean, for them, it's really all about strategy tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Uh, the Haas Ferraris... Uh, and Alfa Romeo Ferraris, you're really seeing the struggles with that Ferrari engine. Um, I mean, the cars aren't themselves that bad. I mean, the Haas, I think, is okay, but not great. And the Alfa Romeo isn't great. I mean, it's looking like a handful. Um, Giovinazzi, I don't know. I think he's not doing himself any favours. Like, if you watch the P1 practice, the, like the first practice session, he... He lost the car and spun it and wrecked his tyres, like completely destroyed him. Um, and that, that wasn't his fault. And it, it was just the car, just just the rear end went on him, but put four massive flat spots on the tyres and then drove, had to manage to keep the car going and drove it back to the pits. But he drove back far too quick. And because of the car, the vibrations, and because the, the rubber was flapping off the tyres, he destroyed the floor of his car and the back end and just basically had to replace it all not only that he put loads of debris on the track because he was driving too quick um 
So the session got red flagged. Like, I, I think he got investigated after that. Or I don't know whether he got penalised for it, but maybe they realised because he's at the back. But to be honest, I think he should have got penalised. And you could see all his team just shaking their head about what why he was driving back so quick because they have then had to rebuild the whole fucking car, like the whole floor, and which isn't a quick job. Um, it just sort of shows his, whether it's inexperience or just ignorance of... The team, when I, it just seems a bit selfish of him to have. I don't know. I, I, something didn't sit right with me with that one. It was just like, come on, mate, use your fucking brain. Like you've just wrecked your car, which is entirely your fault. The spin wasn't necessarily your fault, but you've driven back far too quick and just destroyed the floor of your car, which has got replaced. It cost the team money, which they don't have a lot of, and it cost them time, and then all this setup, and then you've not got long between the two sessions, and and. You know, and then he couldn't go straight back out again after that. So he lost all that time, and it's just—I don't know. That's just a driver that doesn't think properly, and it's—he's a driver that isn't going to be in Formula One a whole lot longer. I don't think he just that mentality. It's just not. I mean, I don't know. If I was Alfa Romeo, I'd be well pissed off at him. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed didn't sit right with me. That I don't know why. It's just a bit weird. Maybe I was in a bad mood. And I was just like, oh, what a fucking dick. But anyway, and that means I've got to put a bloody explicit thing on this bloody podcast now. Oh, never mind. So there we go. Uh, Haas are just quietly doing their job, struggling with the car, but I think they're doing better as a team. Magnussen and Grosjean have settled down a bit now. Um, they've completely. Their actions over the last few years really harmed that team and their egos probably have resulted in them losing out quite a lot of money and, you know, championship positions and all this kind of stuff. There's lots of little things that have happened with Haas that I think are as a result of those drivers just not realising what their role is, which is to try and get the team as high up in the championship. It's not about personal positions and in the championship at all because they're, ne- they're never going to get that high up but they as a team they could and they fucked it up so anyway it's a shame for them and there's rumour that they're not going to be in Formula 1 much longer because of funding and so and I think that's as a result of those two fucking drivers they've just fucked it up but anyway never mind um, if it was me I'd have kicked them both out like two years ago and got two decent drivers who understood what the team was trying to do and become a proper team and I guess that comes down to the management of the team. Maybe they weren't harsh enough with him. The trouble is Magnussen is a really good driver and Grosjean's okay, but he makes too many mistakes. I think I'd have pretty got rid of him ages ago, but um, it sounds harsh to say it, but I don't know, Formula One, if you want to make, if you want to make gains and move forward, you've got to make very difficult decisions and it's, you just got to weigh that up. And we'll actually come to that with Alex Albon as well, because people are putting pressure on him and obviously with Red Bull and their track record of just ditching drivers when they don't perform, like even mid-season, they're, they're willing to do that. There's people worried that that could happen with him or, I don't know, reporters coming out and criticising him. But I don't think that's fair at all. He, he's And I think Red Bull know it and they've come out and supported him. And even yesterday they said this. Um, they know how much potential he's got and how good he is. And even all the young drivers around him who came up with him know that. Like, you know, George Russell the other week, you know, said the same. Like, he's super talented. And I was saying the other week, he he's like this kind of rough diamond at the moment, but he's got this potential to be incredible. Um, and I think Red Bull see that, so they're just really trying to support him. But 
I guess there's only so long they can do that. So it's, I mean, at the moment, I guess because the Red Bull isn't very competitive, kind of, it's, he's got a bit of breathing space. But, you know, you're seeing Max putting it on P3 in this instance and getting good results. So, but to be fair to Albon, he does, he manages to pass a lot of people and get that car up the grid and get points, which is, that's the main thing. I mean, qualifying doesn't really matter. What matters is points at the end of the weekend. So, and if he can keep getting those, then that's good. So, yeah, I just hope they support him and really figure it out. And like I said the other week, it's all in his head, I think, a lot of it. So, I think maybe just a really decent sports psychologist, like maybe get like someone like Vinnie Shawman involved or something. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just weird, but I just hope they do support him. And it sounds like they're going to, so that's really good. Um, what else is going on up the grid? Let's see. Vettel, yeah, difficult weekend, having issues. I think there's weird shit going on at Ferrari at the moment. So they're just shooting themselves in the foot as always. Uh, Renault, head down, doing their thing. Um, you know, both drivers pushing each other, pretty consistent times between them. So, um, they're a, a tiny bit behind McLaren, I think, but in race pace, I think they're a bit closer. So, um, that's going to be interesting tomorrow. I think that's going to be a battle between Ferrari, Renault and McLaren. Uh, racing point are going to be in and around there as well, but, um, they've probably got the best chance in race pace to jump up a few places. So you could be looking at Stroll getting a pretty decent P4. I think honestly tomorrow, if, unless nothing major happens, it's going to be a Mercedes and Red Bull top three. The order of that, who knows? Um, I don't think Red Bull have quite got the pace to handle Mercedes tomorrow. Um, so really it all comes down to the start tomorrow and how well Hamilton can manage that. And I think if Hamilton gets away on the start and manages to get a bit of a tiny bit of a gap to Bottas, he'll he'll be able to just manage that that gap. And um but we'll see. We'll see. In racecraft I think Hamilton pips Bottas at the moment. So that's uh yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. So but you know what I'm like, if Hamilton's winning I'm happy. So <laughs> Just like I just want to see how dominant Mercedes can be this year because it look it's going to happen. Like in terms of, you know, you might get the odd weird result, but I just want to see how perfect can they be. How many, you know, I think that's got to be the the takeaway from this year is just to see, you know, can they achieve perfection? Can they win every race? Can they qualify on pole every race? Let's just see what happens. Could be really cool. So, yeah. Anyway, I've waffled enough. I've got breakfast on the gate, so I'm going to go and eat that. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our race summary and um, we're going to get Dave on again soon with a nice little uh, second part to our little hip hop chat. We've got, I'm sending a mic down to him, which is going to be really good. And hopefully if that works, we'll get John set up with that in the UK as well. So we're all on the same, well, so they're on the same mic. So we've got a nice consistent sound. Um, that's been my biggest bugbear with a lot of uh, these Zoom call podcasts that you hear at the moment is the sound quality is just so terrible. And I'm trying to solve that from my end at least, so that we can keep, you know, audio quality as good as possible for you guys. So um, so if that works, that's going to be good. And I'll let, I'll let you know, guys know what that setup is once we're testing it, and if it works, that, that is, um, because it, it's a pretty good solution and it's not too expensive either. So um, it could work quite nicely. So, yeah, there we go. Cheers for tuning in. We'll be back with our um, race summary tomorrow and uh, we'll chat to you all soon. Cheers, everyone. Bye.